0: Let's talk about seven on seven. So, very different year, obviously, but and you were there firsthand. So, I would love for you to try to explain, kind of, from your perspective, how it was different. um, You know, what was different from you know the years prior prior to COVID, because everything obviously is different with COVID. For those who don't know, I know Trent's really excited to hear about seven
1: on seven. (laughs) We are joined by our first female guest, our grand total second guest, Ashley Pickle of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Thank you very much for joining us.
2: Absolutely, happy to be here. But back to seven on seven because yes, we're chomping we at the bits over here. Let's go. The efficiency—it was awesome. I mean, you, you take down the half times because it, there used to be a ten-minute break in between the first and second half, and I mean, you get a water break, you go talk to the coaches, and then it's like everyone just twiddles their thumb for about eight minutes. So the efficiency was fantastic. The way that they scheduled it to be able to—it was literally they. They said halftime, it was literally about a minute-long break. You go get water, you go right back out there. And so we had been to a couple of different SQTs beforehand, just talking to players and stuff, like, how different is this for y'all? And they're like, man, we've got about four to five possessions, and you have to make every single one of them count, and then you're done. So it there was, like, an added level of excitement from the players because they knew each possession mattered so much more, and you don't have time to sit there and reconvene and all of that. But the efficiency of cutting down that halftime – helped everything it helped the schedule we got done quicker we got to get back shoot videos start editing So from a media perspective it was fantastic but I think it added an extra level of excitement and the other thing that makes seven on seven so great is when you get to that second day for for each division and it's the single round elimination days there was a buzz in the air after a year of COVID and a year of having to stand on the sideline and be quiet or stay away from people that like, I'll get goosebumps even talking about it, but like the excitement from the fans and people yelling it like was the first real dose of football's back. Yeah, like, we back. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's awesome.
1: I love that. Um, so to to hard pivot back to more about you, um, from Lano, went to UNT. Quick synopsis of how a girl from Lano ends up in a pretty major role within Dave Campbell's. And what I would say is. You know, there's kind of the big three when it comes to Texas high school football within DCTF, and and you're one of them. So just your path from leaving Lano, getting to UNT, and what led you to that staff.
2: So I mean, we can go all the way. I, I was kind of talking to him earlier that we can go all the way back to when I was super little. I would my dad owned a bowling alley and we i would start grabbing the mic and at about four years old i would start announcing like the bowlers' names and stuff so they were like we should have known literally from the very beginning about how much that you love the microphone so i've always loved that um in lano such a small town they never really offered any sort of broadcasting stuff um, but my dad and I had a little, little bitty video camera and decided that I would do some sideline reporting with the coaches and stuff. And we would edit it on movie maker and then put it out on YouTube for the town to see. So the town bought in. And so then found out UNT had a fantastic broadcasting program, did all four years there, worked with the athletic department as the MC, did the student run TV station. And then in my senior year, I started to intern for Fox Sports Southwest now Bally's, but at the time it was Fox Sports Southwest and I kind of was like, Hey, can I try this? Can I try this? And then I went up to him and I was like, I'm really interested in being on air. Is there any way that I could do high school football reporting? I don't care if it's with an iPhone. I don't care if it's with a big old photographer, anything I can do to help. So I ended up getting in a lot of different roles, working with the social media team, working in the behind the scenes on the air. And right before the season started, the folks at Fox Sports Southwest sent my reel over to Dave Campbell's because there's the partnership for the football Friday show. Um, and they were like, Hey, if you want a Dave Campbell's reporter, we've got one right here for you. So went to Dave Campbell's interviewed and, um, got the sideline gig there. Turns out the week after the season started the video production role, the guy was leaving. And so they were like, um, hi, the season started. We've got two weeks before he leaves. Can we train you on everything possible? And we'll give you till the end of the season to decide if this is something you want to do, but man, we need someone right now. And so kind of fell backwards into it. Um, but ended up doing that. It was something that I always wanted to do was be on air. I loved high school football, had sent some sideline reporting and stuff in college, but it was, it was a lot of fun and ended up falling in love with it. And here we are two years later, almost.
1: So you've been there two years. Mm-hmm. How has how has your role I know that the footprint, the Dave Campbell's footprint has grown a lot, especially in those past two years, just from a social media platform and different levels of exposure on different platforms. How has your role changed, grown, or are you kind of still taking that same approach of can I try this, can I try this?
2: We, there... It's funny because you you look at the Bible right there and you go, okay, what started out as literal Dave Campbell saying... I'm going to put together some, you know, some football notes. And he put together this magazine and then the, it turned into so much more and it turned into the website. And then we added the video element in. And so when I got there, there was a pretty good established video perspective and presence. Um, but there was so much more potential of what we could do for it. So we were able to, you know, get settled in there during the season. And then that next off season, obviously COVID hit. So that was, a change but now that we've been there and that's kind of hopefully knock on wood behind us it's turned into a whole lot we have acquired uh, Texan live which is now Dave Campbell's Texan live a broadcast company down out of Houston so that's our that's our next big step and so we've we've got that wing now and it's turned from just what we love to call a the mediocre podcast that we <laughs> to um, with Greg Tepper and I on TFT and a couple of other different podcasts. But now we've got that whole branch. um, And with the UIL, obviously putting down the broadcast ban, that was huge for for us. And we're super excited about that. But we're going to take this and just kind of keep running with it. So my job has ultimately been the same, but we've got a lot of stuff knock on wood, in the books with Texan Live now being uh, Dave Campbell's Texan Live and something that we're very, very excited about.
0: That's a big deal with the UIL passing that. I mean, just in regards of Texan Live and being able to actually show things, can I kind of go into depth in in regards of what that actually means for those though? Right. And so
2: I know that for the longest time, obviously it was just, you could, you could broadcast games on Thursday night. You could do it on Saturday night, perfectly fine. Friday, you could do it, but it had to be the tape delay. So last year, I mean, we were just as confused as everyone else, you know, are there going to be fans how are people how are grandma and grandpa going to get to go watch their their grandson go out there on the field or even the parents with the cheerleaders and the uil finally opening that up last year i thought personally was a fantastic decision it gave people the chance to grow that love for texas high school football and specifically more than anything i know there were a lot of people worried well will people still go to the games because it's texas high school football you're not <laughs> people are not just going to stop going to the games so, you know half the people that end up at the games are band parents. You know, they're not going to quit going. I think that opening up that role is going to do absolutely nothing but grow the sport even more. And I know even like my dad, he was interested in the local teams. I grew up around Lano, Marble Falls, Fredericksburg. Now on a random Thursday night or Friday night, he's watching some game from two teams. He doesn't even know where they are on the map, but he's like, but I know these teams are good. So I think that them opening that up is going to do nothing but absolutely grow the sport that we all love.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things that that I saw last year. I mean, we spend, you know, four, five, six months locked in our houses and, you know, a lot of people didn't have anything else to do but like play on the internet and meet new people through social media. And I know for a fact that people started, because of that rule lift, people started watching games, whether it was on Texan Live or NFHS, they started watching games internationally. Mm -hmm. There were guys that are attached to the Australian American Football League, the Italian American Football League that, you know, have heard or know of, you know, not just in different states but in different countries, getting the opportunity to watch it. So, like you said, I think it's something that I'm glad that they've that continuation has happened because it's only going to allow more exposure, especially for, you know, the marts and, you know, even the Canadians, These these towns that have these traditions of being great football programs but they're smaller schools or they're way out in the panhandle and not a lot of people get to see them unless they make it to the state championship game. And it's just a continued exposure, which is ultimately going to lead to a help in recruiting, which not, you know, that's not why we play the game, but it is a great opportunity. And small school kids getting that kind of exposure is only going to help them.
2: Oh, absolutely. You take like the, the prime example of this is like the Brooks brothers from Shiner. You've got the monster in Doug Brooks, like the stiff arm hurt across the world is what kept going on during the state championship game against Post. But you look at kids like that or or Jonathan Brooks from Hallettsville. He was our Mr. Texas football player the year last year. He's at a, a three school that who's really heard of Hallettsville other than the people that are down there and or diehard Texas high school football fans. And he go he leads them all the way to a state championship and people would be going man, i I only see him now that he's on the biggest stage in Texas high school football. Why hadn't I heard of him beforehand? But this year it was like, man, have you heard what that kid's doing? Just, just pop on the stream and you can do that and you can flip through them. And I mean, that's any sport lover's dream. I don't care what sport it is to be able to just sifle through games. And if this one gets boring, I watch this one. I think regardless of, of, of us acquiring Texan live or not growing the sports, what we love to do. And that's I get paid to talk about high school football, honestly. It's not a bad job at all. (laughs) Not a bad job at all, but to be able to watch that, and like you said, too, family members out of state, you know, you get to go watch. You can watch your grandson do that, and you don't have to worry about driving four hours to go try and catch one game a year. You can sit there, pop that sucker on, and keep going. It's like, I think it's awesome. I really think that people are going to take a step back and know that, Once stadiums open up, there will still be people in the stands. That love from the towns are never going away.
1: Uh, So with, like you said, getting paid to talk about high school football, Texas high school football, and you'd mentioned earlier um, to us how, you know, when you're prepping, just like you see the ACC network,
0: the
1: SEC network or college game day, when they're getting ready to cover a game, you know, they have those conversations with coaches. Who's the most memorable conversation you've had? Coach prep who what personality whether it's a unique story or you know just the hard concrete wall they gave you who's got, who's got the most memorable story?
2: I mean and so yeah you you set this up perfectly. Let's let's be honest. There are coaches that Talking is not their thing. They are very X's and O's. They know how to football talk, and they'll, they'll talk to you like that. But yeah, fun conversations like that. I will tell you, the best, it doesn't matter if I've covered the game or not, I have interviewed him before, David Gilpin, down in the RGB. So he's with Missions Veterans Memorial. If you have not had the chance to interact with that man, at whatever cost it takes, go have a conversation with him. He (laughs) is the biggest ball of energy. He is so, so great, but he's always, he's one of those guys that you can literally just sit there and listen to tell stories forever. And so that's really cool. But it is funny because there's a lot of coaches that will give you two word answers. And then there's a bunch of coaches that you can ask them one question and they answer any question you might've had prepared. And it's like, well, coach, I think we're done here because you had talked and talked and talked. But if you want just an unbelievable personality to be around and to hear some great stories and stuff and a person that the RGV doesn't get a whole lot of coverage and he takes every advantage that he can to promote his kids and to do that, that's that David Gilpin has got to be one of my favorite people. It doesn't matter when or where it is that I've ever talked to from a coaching perspective.
0: I mean, do you, do you think that some coaches feel almost guarded, like when you guys are interviewing and asking them, asking questions? Like, well, they're going to put all my stuff out there. I need to not say anything at all and be very politically correct. Or, I mean, it's—I would imagine so, you get a array of, of answers.
2: And it's funny because in in college coaches, that's that's very much that like how it is. They also get coverage all the time. Even the high school coaches that get coverage. I think the thing that makes Texas high school football and talking to coaches so great is the fact that y'all know this as coaches people take so much pride out of the coaching trees that they're able to build in the state of Texas. And I think that that makes it different than almost any state to a certain extent is people take so much pride into which coaching tree that you came out of who you've worked for. And I know that I'm preaching to the choir here. Y'all understand that, but it's really cool because the crop of coaches we have here, they're so willing to not only help other coaches, but to help give the media. So Of course, there's there's the few here and there that really don't want anything to do with us, which to each their own. They don't have to. They're not paid to talk to us. But it is it is genuinely surprising how many coaches just, oh, you want to listen to what I have to say? Here's the book. Take a look at it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So another hard transition, because this is when this came up the first thing I thought about was a I can't wait for you and I to talk about it, but B when we knew we were going to be able to get together with you, because of what your role is with Dave Campbell's, I can't wait to hear your feedback. So there's been different levels of coverage or exposure on a national level for Texas high school football. You had Friday night lights, the book, then the movie, then the TV show, you had Friday night Tikes. Um, CBS streamed... Uh, oh, that
2: strong yeah, thing. The six yeah, the six-man series. Six strong, strong, right. six or whatever it was. Um,
1: and then there's 12 Mighty Orphans. It's out right now. And the Abilene High State Championship movie. I can't remember what it's called, but Lawrence Fishburne's in that. So there's been, you know, this kind of growing desire to put some sort of that content out. And Netflix and DeSoto just announced their 10-plus episode series for this fall. Um I just want to hear initial opinions from both of you about A, what you think that series is going to look like, B, what that's going to do to arguably the biggest game in DFW when they line up against Cedar Hill. Exactly. And C, is this something that, you know, we've seen it with last chance you, but is this something that you think has the potential to continue year after year? NIL
2: <laughs> yeah. No kidding. <laughs> um, Claude with his own TV show is monetary gold. You want to talk go like reference back to your other question about some of the best interviews I've done. I was lucky enough to cover battle of Beltline last year for Fox now Ballies. Um, and you get either of those Carlos Lynn or Claude Mathis talking and boy, can you feel the intensity there? So I think one, Yes, I think the market will be huge for that because people are interested to see, especially in this realm, I mean, it's like, is Texas high school football really as big as everyone says? Because this is an actual team. It's not like Friday Night Lights where they were portraying a team, you know, and I think that, I mean, you've seen that with like Hard Knocks, even with the NFL. It's like, there's a market for that and people love to consume stuff like that. But if you wanted to talk about the perfect team to start this with, Claude with his own TV show is going to be Chef's Kiss.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's, People like to see the in-depth just like last chance you. You know what I mean? And, like, so for me, being in Tennessee the last two years, I've said this before on the podcast, like, people view Texas high school football like, I mean, it's just a whole different world. Like, man, you're from Texas. Like, is it really the way that it's portrayed? I'm like, it is. You know what I mean? hundred percent. So I just hope that they portray it that way, the way that it truly is genuine. Um, and if they do, it's going to be, you know, nothing new to the world because everybody knows what Texas high school football is, but it's that much more special. Um, and like you said, Claude Mathis is—he's a guy. Yeah, he's that <laughs> dude. He's,
1: he's, 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 he's a guy. He's dude. <laughs> character
2: guy
0: for sure. Um, yeah. Is this his, this will be his
1: second or third year at DeSoto?
2: Third, I believe he's going on his third.
1: So I have a, a former teammate that's on staff there, and I know that just through social media, they've they were pretty active just in creating those thirty to forty-five second clips that were. Done in high definition, but they were giving the kids exposure. They were expressing personality. And so I, I think that staff is, like you said, groomed, just like with with Coach Mathis, they're they're groomed to be primed for that stage. But I also think that I mean, you're you're in an area that is going to bring a different type of energy than what other versions of this exposure that we talk about has been you got the heavy west texas theme with you know the abilene high movie all the friday night lights you get that blue collar tough kind of theme with 12 mighty orphans and you get the traditional aspect when you looked at friday night Tikes because they talked about like the jetson they had a team that was called jetson in that little eight-year-old league and i think this metroplex environment and this metroplex energy is going to be something that's going to be a lot different from what the rest of the country or, you know, the casual fan is used to seeing, you know, because a lot of what people still talk about is more of that traditional powerhouse or West Texas type environment or feel. And and I think what DeSoto is going to bring and what their district is going to bring through their exposure from week to week is something that nobody's really seen outside of the people that live there. And so I honestly can't wait for this series to start. And it, I mean, it's going to be that, you know, that hard knocks for me where you get, you know exactly how many episodes you get, but you know exactly when they come out. And it doesn't matter if you've got 5.30 staff meeting or waits in the morning, you're staying up, you're watching because who knows what's going to happen. So I'm really excited just because of, of that different perspective from a fan and personality uh, point.
2: No, I think you're exactly right too, because you're you're right, and you can think about this. I mean, you go anywhere and you say, "Oh, I'm from Texas." What does everyone picture? Oh, cowboys, you ride you ride your horse to school, and it's like, no, not really. Like it doesn't matter anywhere that you're even even in the furthest of West Texas, they're not out there riding horses to school, you know. And so it's like you get that. And the other thing about it is too, and people catch flack all the we catch flack all the time. You only talk about Dallas. You only talk about Houston. One. Uh, That's not true. We have a 400-page magazine with everyone, but um, a big thing is, unless, until someone can prove to me right now that some of the best football is not in Dallas or a Houston area, that kind of brings a highlight to this Metroplex, like you were talking about, the Metroplex, what it's like to, they might not be a, you know, crosstown rival like down in the hill country, but it's like, it really is a crosstown rivalry, and you, the Battle of Beltline is, Definitely one of the best high school rivalries in the entire state. So to think about that being on the big screen, that's going to be awesome.
1: For sure. And I mean, it, one that I that got left out, I meant to mention, was when the Star Telegram did their Titletown series. You know, they covered, they did it over a couple of different schools, but the one kind of everybody remembers is is Alito. Um, but even then, you're talking about uh, the Fort Worth newspaper was producing like these eight to fifteen minute episodes on their website. And I, I remember when that came out, we had kids like sub varsity kids that I'd had in class that, you know, whenever I had lunch, they had lunch and they would come to my room, you know, every Tuesday because we were going to watch title town because it came out Monday night. So I, I fully anticipate something, especially you see all these facilities that have grown and the team meeting rooms and things like that. That's an, that's an easy, no brainer team bonding experience right there. Hey, it's Tuesday night. Hey, the, you know, DeSoto U or, or whatever they're going to title this thing. Hey, it's, it's new episodes out. So the team's going to get together and we're going to order pizza and everybody's going to hang out for each other. And it's, it's, it's a cheap, easy opportunity to continue to Bond. use. Yeah, exactly. Use Netflix as a chance for your team to get closer.
2: And too, I mean, if we want to get real in the actual weeds of this, like that, it, yes, it's DeSoto. They're in that district of doom. That's, that's eleven six a. I mean, you've got Duncanville, you've got Cedar Hill, you've got DeSoto. <laughs> You're looking into one of the most elite premier districts in any classification, just at level of difficulty. We can even, com- I mean, you can even compare that to six man if you're talking about just level of difficulty. That is one of the toughest districts in any stretch. And so to be able to see it, like even from me, I obviously, we get to go see those teams. We get to cover those teams. We don't get to see the inner working of what happens behind the scenes. And that gets me pumped.
1: Because there's gonna be there's gonna be a change there's gonna be a difference in the episode when they're getting ready to play Duncanville versus any non-district game or the, even take it a step further the Battle of the Beltline I I would not be surprised if that is a two-part episode because everybody is going especially people here in the state people are gonna want to know what was Monday like what was Tuesday like. What was Monday like across the street? What was Tuesday like across the street? So the opportunity to give those kids exposure. And then if you want to create a game out of it, try and list all the Power 5 kids that are going to play
0: on that show. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that, that's, that's what I try to tell everybody like that I've talked to about Texas football. It's like it's the consistency across the board. Like it doesn't matter what year, you name it, there's going to be four or five at least on the field, P5 guys, every single snap, like minimum. And you're talking about Duncanville – Against DeSoto, the there's probably 22 P5 guys oh, yes. at one time. Yeah,
2: and the other thing, I don't even I don't know if y'all realize this, but I was at when I was at that game last year. He was at Cedar Hill, so Cedar Hill's out there warming up and stuff, and we're looking at our watches. A big group of us media are there and going, "Soto going to show up anytime soon? Like where'd they go?" They warmed up at their home field, straight drove over bus. straight off the bus yeah. and came out. Yeah, they said as the year before last, they had there was bickering, there were fights, yeah. and Mathis said, "I'm not doing that this year. We're going to show up, we're going to play, and we're going to go." And so they literally walked off the field, hop on, or walk off the bus, hop on, boom, and we were like, like the energy was insane at that kickoff. Really?
1: <laughs> yeah, that that's a oh, GA Moore and Butch Ford have been known <laughs> to do that in the in the old uh, Salina Pilot Point days. So that's a. Yeah, I remember because the 2019 game, Salter and a bunch of those guys, it was basically a 50-yard line, like, stare down, like, at the OK Corral type thing. So I remember – I didn't know it was going to happen before, but I remember seeing it uh, that Saturday after the game.
0: So briefly, if you can, or take as much time as you want, it doesn't matter to us, but talk about the football Bible. For those that don't know, that is the – Football Bible for Texas. It's Dave Campbell's Texas football since nineteen sixty. There we go. So go ahead and yeah. Take so off. this
2: is the sixty second edition. I'll hold it up there so everyone can see it. But the sixty-second edition of yeah, what, what everyone considers the Bible, this is causes us to lose to get almost absolutely no sleep for about two or three months. Um, but all all four hundred pages we we put it together, um, take you behind the scenes a little bit. We start planning in about March is when we really kind of start hitting the ground running and we have everyone where we plan out who's going to write what um there's there's six of us on the editorial staff or five of us that are full-time um and then we freelance out some of the other stuff so you'll notice some of the big features and and everything so it's like recruiting um,
0: almost right like you got this section you, you got, got this, this. okay yep. gotcha. and
2: so that's kind of how it ends up working and then we end up reading it it gets read through and through about three total times throughout the course of it so March and April is our big, we're interviewing people, we're calling people. So for instance, I wrote the, um, the two A preview this year. And so it, it's mm. getting in contact with that. We kind of, we choose who our cover boys are going to be. We choose obviously everything that's going to go in it, but in March, we'll start sending out questionnaires to coaches. Um, and so that's how all the capsules get put together. Um, and then the rest of the month is spent hassling coaches to get their capsules Let's back go. into Let's go. us. Um, but <laughs> turn your paper in. in. Exactly. Yeah, man. <laughs> Who's going to be the last
1: coach this year?
2: It is a beating to get all of those in. Um, but so we're constantly sending out emails. Hey, coaches, here's reminders. You know, if you if you can just fill them out, send them in. This was the first year that we did it digitally, completely digitally. Um, just with the COVID stuff, we didn't want to sit there and mail them out. There are the few older generation coaches that still ask if we can send them so they can hand write them out and then they fax it to us. So that's always, uh, that's always funny to see which ones that will get faxed to us and are handwritten and everything. But Whoa. most, most coaches fill them out online now. Um, but yeah, we have our, our college football guy, Shahan J. Raja who handles the massive, chunk of college writing that's in there. And then once we get the questionnaires back, we send it out to our capsule writers and we've got them all over the state to kind of try and regionalize them to where They actually know the teams. It's not just a random person like (laughs) me not knowing much about this and, okay, go write about it. So we get it to where they can do that. And then it comes back through an editing process. And then we have some of our guys put, uh, Tepper is big in that and Ishmael Johnson is big and they design the pages. Um, And so we'll put the capsules in. And then my big job throughout all of it is editing and finding pictures. So I will sit there and read basically every capsule that's in there, which you would be surprised how much you actually retain from that because you are editing, so you're you're going through it, but that really helps in being able to, to kind of get that knowledge and to do that. But the biggest decision we make every single year, obviously, is, is choosing the cover because we get one shot for that. Some of them have aged very well. I'll be honest, some of them have not aged as well. And so you never know, but it's always a big, big Group effort into what is the biggest story? And that's what we're always going for. And so this year it was the AM defense. And so you've got, let me make sure I get all the names right again. Michael Clemens, Miles Jones, Demani Richardson, and Demarvin Leal. And so a lot of people asked us kind of what like why? Why was that what you chose? And it's it's simple in the fact of the AM defense, we think is the biggest story here. AM is Probably, they they are the Texas team that has the chance to push themselves into the playoffs this year. So one, that's that's big, obviously. Um, But their defense is so much better than than what people recognize and so we decided to do this and to peel back the curtain even more we sent a list of names of four players that we wanted and am said well we talked to coach Fisher and and he recommended a different player be put on there um, and the reason is these are his four guys that are on his leadership council and he's like there are our four defenders they're on the leadership council we think that this really sets the tone for what we're looking for in this program so they were kind of able to use this as a leverage point of look this is this is what you get if you're going to do more off the field and stuff, which as coaches, I'm sure that you can appreciate that. (laughs) But so, so we were like, you know what, let's, let's go for it. And so the big thing is these are faces and names that a lot of people were like, we haven't really heard of those guys. So it was kind of giving a name to, to some faceless guys, honestly, and saying, Hey, these are people that you need to keep an eye on. Now, um, DeMarvin Leal is, is, he is the guy. He's going to be the guy with A&M. That's, that's a household name. That's the name that people know, but Michael Clemens, you might not have really heard of before. And clearly, if you look at the picture, he was the breakout star of this magazine cover. I mean, he is sitting there absolutely screaming his head off. He was awesome. Um, but you had brought it up that you, you had coached him before, correct? I coached against, coached him, yeah. against him. Yeah. Scary. Massive human. Like, There's a screenshot. Tepper's six one. He's like a normal size guy. I wouldn't say he's, he's definitely not small by anything. And he's like barely up to like the middle of his bicep, this guy. So we get there. And the funny story about the cover is we get there and you know, we're, it's kind of secretive. We don't want people to figure out about this. So
1: it's not kind of secretive.
2: It's the biggest secret that we keep all year. Yeah, exactly.
1: Like, (laughs) and they tease the crap out of it. So everybody wants to know.
2: Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest thing. Like I've always said, I was like, if there's, one thing that will instantly get me fired is if I leak the cover. Like that's that's the thing that you cannot do. And so we're, you know, we're underneath the stadium and these shots, it was funny. We thought about getting a shot of all four of them together and we have some and you can find them in like the actual magazine itself, but these are all individual shots that were then edited together. But we were inside for these specific ones and we had the backdrop and uh, three guys show up. So Miles Damani and uh, DeMarvin all show up and we're going okay, well, uh, Michael's not here. That's fine. That's fine. We'll go ahead and start getting some photos. So we're taking the photos. We're going through it. And then after they took the photos, they would go talk to our college football insider, Shahan, get an interview for the feature that's inside. And time's going by and we're like, Michael's still not here. We only have two hours with these guys. I mean, they're student athletes. They're still in school, you know? So we're going, okay, dude, like, where are you? And all of a sudden he bust through the door, like, 30, 45 minutes later, and we're like, man, where is he? (laughs) He Bust through the door, and he's just drenched in sweat. And we're like, did you just get done working out? Like, we're so sorry. We tried to work around your schedule. His motorcycle broke down, and Michael ran a mile To the stadium, to Kyle Field, to put on his uniform and come take the picture. And he was—he's such like he's a massive human, but he's super soft-spoken. So he's like, "Hey, man, like I'm—I'm so sorry, my motorcycle broke down." We're like, "Hang on, (laughs) you're what?" And he was like, "Yeah, my motorcycle broke down. I ran here." And we were like, "Oh my goodness!" Like clearly, it's why he's on the leadership council, right? So he comes in, and, and we're doing all that, and then we're like, "All right." Uh, we've been doing everything like scream and y'all know that when, and a lot of people don't know that if you haven't photographed players before, when you're going to do like a scream, like you actually have to scream. You can't fake a scream uh, pose. Uh, yes, yes. You,
1: can't, <laughs> do that. you can't do cannot do it. It there has to be sound. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we're like, okay. And all of a sudden, like there were some people that were well, on our staff and we're playing music, you know, trying to loosen them up. It's just still photos. You're not going to be able to hear it. I'm getting behind the scenes video and stuff. We're trying to loosen them up and we're over there and I wasn't even paying attention when he did it, but he lets out this scream and I'm not kidding, everyone jumped. Like it was so, it was so great. He he was so into it. There's i I've got a slow-mo video of him doing the scream and it is the most terrifying thing that you will ever, like can you, I can't even begin to imagine That guy running full steam at me. There's no way. Yeah, nobody.
0: I would would hit the OA (laughs) road.
1: Make the business decision for a slide. But you could probably understand where all that the noise and the anger came from if I just ran a mile because my motorcycle broke down. Absolutely. Yeah. Next
0: level pissed. Yeah.
2: would I would be so so mad but we did that one um, and our whole staff most of our whole staff went down there for that it's it's a huge decision uh the other part the headline is the new crew and so um we had asked them you know they used to yeah they used to be the wrecking crew like that was the staple of the AM defense and so we asked every single one of them you know you know is, is this the the resurgence of the wrecking crew and they were all super adamant like we love the Wrecking Crew. We have nothing but respect for the Wrecking Crew, but we want to be our own crew. And so they kept saying our own crew, our own crew. We we are this like, and so we were like, oh, well, thank you for giving us our headline right there, like the new crew. And they were so adamant on that of they'll they'll pay respect, they'll pay homage to, to you know like what that was for those for that university and for that program. But they're like, now we're gonna do our own thing. And so that's kind of where that. And then the the gatefold cover was the Lord of the Rings with Scott Surratt the.
0: Goals. The the goat, <laughs> I mean,
2: that's what it was. And Which
1: obviously, mad respect, The things he's done in Carthage. Or, but you know, yeah. I'm sitting here going, well, there's you know, there's still a chance we might play them. So I don't
0: want to. <laughs> I don't want to give him too. Much. too yeah, much. I don't want to <laughs> have him up too much.
2: Yeah, 14 years, yeah. eight titles. I mean, going
0: back talk, Go back talk about Demarvin. So I've told this story before. Um, so I'm coaching against him, and not to get into much scheme here. I'm sorry. But football coach, yeah, I got, I got to get into scheme. So Not to get into too much scheme, pulls whiteboard out of pocket. Yeah, so DeMarvin's like, I don't know, like one of 12 on that team that's P5. Um, and so anyway, we run inside zone, and you know DeMarvin crashes in a lot of scrimmage, kind of grabs a running back, quarterback reads it, pulls it like he should have, um, and starts to run. DeMarvin just kind of lets go of our running back in like three big strides and just grabs our quarterback on the line of scrimmage, throws him down and quarterback comes over to me because I was like a third and short or something like that. I didn't get it. Um, coach, what should I have done? Nothing. There's nothing you can do. His name's Marvin. All right. And, and, and that's a college football player. And you need I'm to sorry. go down and not hurt your life. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what you need to do. You should have told me to call a different place. So uh, yeah, that's, that's my <laughs> fault. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's big difference in a high school football player and a college football player. And that's it right there. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy for him.
2: Uh, the Scott Surratt cover was cool. Tepper, Tepper and I just went out there and, and did that shot. We had a, a guy from the Longview Journal out there shooting it for us. But the funny story with that one was we get out there. Um, we had to get there. Real, we left at like 5 o'clock in the morning um, from, from Louisville and then made it out there because he could only be there until about 10 o'clock. So we are like, all right, we're 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 road-dogging this early, you know. And so we get out there. Carthage facilities unbelievable. I mean, just gorgeous. Um, Scott Surratt, super nice guy prime east texas got the east texas draw you know and welcome out to carthage you know and so we're like okay sweet and so we're walking around it kind of starts raining so we go inside their indoor they got a full full full-fledged indoor very very nice and uh he's he's carrying like a kind of like a little raincoat and then he's got this walmart sack i'm like what is he doing with this Walmart sack? And uh Tepper goes, Coach, you bring your rings with you? And he's like, yeah, I got them right here. Brings all eight <laughs> of these gorgeous state championship rings in a Walmart.
0: <laughs> just rumbling around. Just, yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he, just breaking he, crystals. He sets them
2: down, and he goes, I said, Coach, can I film you putting those on? He goes, yeah, come on over. And so I start filming and putting them on, but he's just taking them out of the Walmart sack, and it's like, that's just... That's just awesome. Like, what kind of goat status do you have to achieve to just pull out your eight massive rings out of a Walmart sack?
1: <laughs> That's one of the biggest things that, that I have noticed. Unfortunately, haven't won a of, of ring myself, but, like, there's a couple coaches that have been at Salina for a really long time in between football and track have won, you know, a plethora of rings. And they keep theirs, you know, in a dresser or, like, you know, Not a Walmart sack, but something like, well, they, they keep theirs like under dust on a shelf, but then the guys that you see wear them are like... The principals and the assistant superintendents they're like oh yeah you know i was working here when we won this ring no, you.
2: Yeah, <laughs> just, <laughs> so you say they got the shrine with the light above it you know making sure it's dusted <laughs> it's every Tom day Brady
0: and just <laughs> 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 hey
2: nice to meet you you know right? <laughs> but yeah he walks up super humble guy just yeah i got i got my rings you know and it was it was that was really cool but we were like a walmart sack coach like you, summer your wife didn't have you put them like in a little ziploc bag or so he's like i just got my walmart sack it was awesome good for him <laughs>
0: sounds about right though yeah I, I can only wish i could be like that one day well Seriously. yeah and then we
2: were worried because like the lord of the rings say obviously like mirroring after the jordan stuff and it's like we were like eh, we don't know how he's gonna feel about it. he's like yeah whatever you need you know well, we can do that and it was like all right well pop those suckers up there because we're ready to go with it so yeah we we're very pleased with how both of those covers turned out but that's that's a huge part of this job is making sure you you make the right call on that one it, it's you know I
1: mean cuz and I don't know if you do but I still remember like there's still certain like landmarks in in your playing career like I remember who was the was on the cover of my senior year and you know like you said there's been a couple you know you get the you know the Kingsbury one with his with his feet kicked up uh or i'm sorry the with, with pat mahomes and then that one
2: aged well jimbo's
1: <laughs> jimbo's first year is where he had those a&m boots kicked up mm-hmm. um but the the jonathan gray cover when his senior year at alito my senior year they they had four quarterbacks on there it was like uh jared lee john Childs, and um a couple other guys but like that that picture it ends up like a lot of people could hear this and and say that there's an over dramatization of, okay, it's just a a magazine cover, but you know, it's a very, it it ends up being a very memorable picture. And I'm sure that there's a lot of pressure to make sure that it's a good memory and not an infamous memory.
2: Well, yeah. And then of course, I mean, you, you gotta, you have to pull back the curtain there and say it yeah, there, there were Texas fans that were not pleased with this cover. And then if we put Texas on the cover, there are AM fans that are not pleased. But guess what, guys? We've got a secondary cover. Just flip that one over. Yeah. You know, it's like Pretend that's the content the front. is all still the same. Your teams are in there. Um, but no, it, it's always great. And, you know, if in journalism, that's a big thing. You If you're 50-50 and half of people are mad at what you're saying and half the people are happy, you're doing your job well. And that's, that's the fact of the matter. But no, it is. It's a... Beast to put together. It's a lot of long hours, but but the fact of the matter is, there are people that'll. I've been at games before, um, and we've got a car, the swag wagon. It's literally a giant. It's a Ford Flex. It's a giant Texas flag, and it says Dave Campbell's on the side of it. Love driving it to games. People get pumped. But I'll have people come up to me at games, and they're like, "I've got every copy since." since 67, you know, or or my dad collected these and this or, and, and the, the most rewarding ones are when people will tweet us pictures of like a grandpa, a dad, and like a current player that they each have their magazines that they were in. That's like the coolest thing ever. Just knowing that. And that's the thing with high school football. It's, it's tradition, it's family, like it's, it's generations after generations and being able to have like an actual documented thing to go back and look for. It's, you can't beat it.
0: Yeah, that's special. And we appreciate you guys with all the hard work that you do, you know, go into that because that, I mean, I remember my wife who at the time was, you know, my, uh, I think she was only my girlfriend at the time, but um, I remember that came in late. I was in Tennessee. So that came in very late. It was supposed to come in on time. Um, and I think it went to my mom and mom had to ship it to me and I was like pissed for like a week. <laughs> and, and I'm sure at the time my girlfriend was like, you know, you're insane Uh, yeah for sure i'm going to be the fiance if he he ever actually proposes here but yeah it came in i was like you know a a kid on christmas i was so happy so but yeah we really appreciate you guys
2: well thank you we like again we couldn't do it without coaches whether they give us two word answers or whether they talk to us for hours like we couldn't do it without the support of all the coaches and that's that's something that it is it's one massive family like y'all know (laughs) and it's a fun one